Welcome to A New Creation. I'm Phyllis, and thank you for joining me today. Every episode of A New Creation is commissioned by the Holy Spirit. It is new, and it is from God. Every generation in the body of Christ has a responsibility to be equipped for our assignments, as well as to prepare the next generation to come. The Lord Jesus in his divine sovereignty has placed us at this appointed time on earth to carry out our assignment in him. I remember when the Holy Spirit spoke to me when I was in the midst of change. He said, I'm transitioning you from a career to an assignment in me. I didn't know at that time what he meant, but I soon found out because he began to close some doors and open other doors what he indeed meant by that. And what I found out was that it was very imperative for me to be attentive to his voice and follow his instructions. Today, my heart is is heavy. And I ask myself, how do you equip the next generation when you see your grandfather, your father, your uncle, your nephew, your son, and even your own husband's face whenever another African-American male's life is extinguished when he is no more? Now, for some people, it's just another headline. But for a grieving family, that person meant so much more to them. And I'm thinking of the case of Jonathan Price, a young man from Wolf City, Texas, who's today in eternity. And I use that term because the Holy Spirit shared with me about two years ago. He said, young people waking up in eternity. And what he meant by that was that there is a clarion call for us. And I've been talking about clarion calls for a while for us in the body of Christ to tell everyone that we meet about the Lord Jesus. And in this particular case, the Holy Spirit was focusing on young people. And since that time, I have noted quite an uptick of young people. And there is a an uptick now in this in this country of young people who are committing suicide and it's very important for us to make sure that we're attentive to those around us and regardless of their age just share with them the love of Christ and show them love because we never know what a person is experiencing The scripture that came to my mind when I was asking the Lord about the situations that I was experiencing and have been experiencing, noting in this country, as it relates to young men like Jonathan Price and what's happening to them, was Psalm 142, verse 2. And I often pray this scripture. It says, I bring him all my complaints. I tell him all my troubles. That's the scripture that I find encourages me whenever there's something that troubles me or something that someone else may see as a complaint or I may see as a complaint. But when you go to the Lord and you open up your heart, he doesn't see it as a complaint. He doesn't see it as you troubling him. 
He welcomes it. And the first part of the scripture, I'll read the whole scripture to you, is Psalm 142, verses 1 and 2. And it's the good news translation of the scripture. It reads, I call to the Lord for help. I plead with him. I bring him all my complaints. I tell him all my troubles. Now for this situation, it's as if the devil has declared war against the African-American male seed. And he's attempting to annihilate future generations. He's very strategic in what he's doing. I looked up the word seed because the Holy Spirit said the male seed. And one of the definitions of seed is male sperm. And the male sperm fertilizes the egg of the female and that brings forth life. And so the enemy wants to annihilate the male seed because that way he can destroy life. What we're experiencing with this, it's not normal. It's supernatural. It's from the realm of the unseen. And it's from the gates of hell. We need help from God who rules over it all. He's seated in heavenly places. He's far above all principalities and powers and might and above every name that's named in this world and the world to come. Because see, this is indeed abnormal and it shouldn't be accepted as normal. There's a demonic pattern of death and it's usually by deadly force or deadly weapon that's used. And we should recognize this. And call upon the name of the Lord. Now Jesus gives us a contrast between lives that are based on the kingdom of God that live that way. And lives that are based on and lived based on the kingdom of darkness. He says in John chapter 10 verse 10. And I'm going to read the Berean study Bible version of the scripture. And it reads... The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in all its fullness. See, Jesus is here. His purpose here on earth and now the Holy Spirit is here. That we will have life and have it more abundantly. And you contrast that whenever you see something that the enemy is behind or something that he's doing. He comes to steal, he comes to steal, he comes to kill and destroy. And we should know the difference. Today's message for new creation is life in the seed. See, the Holy Spirit took me to the book of Genesis to help me understand exactly what's going on here. And he took me to Genesis chapter 1 verses 11 and 12. And it's the English standard version of the scripture. And it reads, And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, in which their seed, each according to its kind, on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, 
plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. See, everything God made, which reproduces, reproduces after its own kind. Mankind produces offspring, which are human beings. And it's a spiritual law that God has in operation throughout the ages. The Holy Spirit revealed to me what the male seed, in this case, the African-American male seed, has been producing why it's under attack. Because in the past, what has been produced has been a rich heritage of men who've laid a foundation that has a spiritual source. So in other words, the foundations that have been laid by African-American males in the past it's still looked upon by the enemy as a threat to his kingdom. For example, I'll give you some examples of this. A man by the name of William J. Seymour in 1906 through 1916, he was a minister, a preacher, who was born in, in Centerville, Louisiana, and he was the son of slaves. But in 1906 through 1915, he actually started what we call the Azusa Street Revival, one of the major revivals in all of the world. His revival was so powerful until it ushered in a worldwide Pentecostal movement. And today, there are over 800 million Pentecostals worldwide because of what William J. Seymour did on Azusa Street. The things that are done in the past, as we know, God's word will never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. And the things that are done for God in the past... They continue in the future and for future generations. And so what William Seymour did, the son of free slaves from Louisiana, he came to Azusa Street, which is in Los Angeles, to this mission that was on Azusa Street. And he started a worldwide revival. People came from all over the world. And they were he was teaching about and preaching about the Holy Spirit. And he was laying hands on people. People were speaking in tongues. And he started a worldwide movement that today, like I said, 800 million people all over the world are part of the Pentecostal movement because of William J. Seymour. That is the sort of thing that the enemy is still fighting against. Because although William Seymour is no longer here, what he has done and what he has planted lives on. Then we have a John Perkins, minister who lives in Mississippi, who's still alive today. He's 90 years old. He 
has been a source of reconciliation between the church and racism that he experienced in his home state of Mississippi. Because of, of John Perkins' ministry, and he also has a foundation, he's helped to bring people together in Mississippi and all over the world so that people would know the love of Christ and their hearts will be changed. We have Martin Luther King Sr., who was Martin Luther King Jr.'s father, who was a, the, he was a pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta. Before that, he pastored a church in Dexter, Alabama. And because of his preaching and because of the life that he and his wife lived, they gave birth to a Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who changed the world. Even today, his ministry and what he did in this, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., what he did in this nation and nations of the world, he really was a prophetic voice and he really was a prophet. The things he spoke, the things that he shared, the things that he did, we're still reaping the benefits of those today. Why am I saying this? The Holy Spirit brought to my attention that because of the seeds that were planted by these great men, the foundation, the spiritual foundation that they laid, today the enemy is attacking the descendants of these great men because of what they've done. That's why I say it's supernatural. This isn't normal, what we're facing. This, these sort of things that we're facing is coming from another kingdom, the kingdom of darkness. And we have to know how to fight and defeat the enemy. And we learn how to fight and defeat the enemy when the Holy Spirit teaches us and opens our eyes to what's really going on. You see, the enemy is very acquainted with those who have known the Lord Jesus in your bloodline. Their prayers, their supplication, and the life that they live before God, it leaves a lasting impact. Not only before God, but the, the effect of the life they lived and the ministry that they had. It wages war against the kingdom of darkness, even in the generation that we're in. Remember, God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which means he's a multi-generational God. And when I think about that, it ties into how the Holy Spirit is unfolding to us what's happening today. And so we're not ignorant of Satan and his devices. When the Holy Spirit reveals to us what the enemy is doing, then we know how to pray. And remember, great is he that is in us than he that is in the world. When you recognize that the seeds that you're planting today, when you pray, when you share the good news of the gospel with someone, when you do something for someone else in Christ's name, all of those things will last long after you're gone. And what we're seeing today is a result of that. And all I can say is, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Hallelujah. 
That was Psalm chapter 100, verse 5. It says, His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations. And Psalm 136, verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. God is calling African-American men, as well as all of us, to return to Him. Those who strayed away, those who are backslidden, those who may not even know God, he's saying, come to him. See, we're experiencing attacks on a scale that seems like they're unrelenting. They just keep coming and keep coming. And as I stated previously, there's a demonic pattern the enemy is engaging in. See, he does this just when it appears everything has stabilized. There's another attack. Then there are protests, and there's mourning, and then there's adjudication, the same pattern. And when God shows us these patterns, we break those patterns. We, we turn from the things that we're doing that opens up a portal for the kingdom of darkness. I've never spoken about that before on the podcast. Portals. Portals are openings that when one engaging, engages in something that is fleshly, that is not what God would have us to do. Let's just use something something that is common as let's say gossip or or someone that lying. All those are not from the kingdom of God. They're from the kingdom of darkness. So if one is a has a lying spirit and they lies, they lie often. Remember Jesus, they lie often. Remember Jesus said. When he was speaking to, to, to group, he said, you are your father, the devil, and you do the things that he does. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he doesn't abide in the truth. When he speaks, he speaks a lie because he's the father of lies. And so those are things, the sort of things that when a person partakes or they, they indulge in those sort of things, they bring, they open up portals and they bring the kingdom of darkness to them. They bring demonic forces to them when they act in those ways. God responded to the Apostle Paul when he was at a critical point in his life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 89, and I'm going to read the New Living Translation of the Scripture, and it reads, Three different times... I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That is very important. Paul had a thorn in his flesh. And he had a thorn in his flesh because he had seen such revelation. God had revealed him such revelation. God wanted to keep him humble and didn't want him to get lifted up in pride. So he allowed, we don't know what the thorn in the flesh was, but he allowed something that really was, was, was painful for Paul, very difficult for him. And he had asked the Lord three times to remove it, but the Lord would not. He told him, that his grace is all he needs. And some translation says his grace is sufficient, but it means the same thing. All you need is my grace is what God is saying. Because he said, God says to him, you will experience my power in a great, in greater measure or greater degree when you're weak. 
He said it works best in weakness. And then Paul just started to rejoice in it, to boast about his weaknesses, because this is the part that was important. He said, then he said, so that the power of Christ can work through me. God's power works best through us when we are weak, not when we're using our own strength. And Paul later on said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. See, humility is what attracts the spirit of God, not pride, not high mindedness. Because, see, there are times when we don't know what to do. And God is waiting to hear from us. Because God wants our seed to live. Talking about life in the seed. One thing that the word of God stresses to us is that whenever we sow or whenever we put our energy into, whenever we do activities that feed our flesh, that's what we're going to reap. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, the NIV version of scripture reads, Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Talking about life in the seed. It's important for us to spend our time working on working on those things and doing those things through the spirit of God, the things that God would have us to do. Whenever we decide to do things based on our flesh, our own power, on what we want to do, then the result of it is destruction of those sort of things and those sort of activities. But if we want to reap life eternal, eternal life, then focus on those things of the spirit the things that the Spirit of God leads us to do. And always remember this too. The prayers that you're praying today, they will resonate throughout the earth long after we're gone for the generations to come. And the Holy Spirit revealed that to me. That's what's happening with the African-American male seed under attack because of the Strong foundation that was laid that is still attacking the kingdom of darkness. And we want to leave a legacy for our children so that our prayers will continue. And if they find themselves in dire situations, they know they can turn to the God who helped their family members who went before them. And that's to encourage us all. That those of you who are listening today to a new creation, who may not know the Lord, who may not even be interested in knowing who God is. But God wants you to know that he loves you and that he sent his son, Jesus, for you. And for those of you who may not even know how to pray or how to begin to pursue the Lord or how to begin a relationship with God, you can repeat after me. Heavenly Father, Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to sacrifice his life for me. Today I open up my heart to you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and I believe after three days you raised him from the dead and I want to be saved. Thank you for saving me this day. Amen. Thank you for joining me today for New Creation. And remember, a New Creation podcast exists to teach you how to apply the word of God to your everyday life.
Life in the sea today was very encouraging because we now know that God hears our prayers long after we're gone and he will protect our seed. You can find a new creation in Google Podcast. Search for Phyllis's, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S apostrophe S, a new, A-N-E-W creation. And I hope you will, you will subscribe. The Lord's grace and the Lord's mercy be with you always and your family. And I pray that every member of your family will draw closer to the Lord as they see you and the Lord living throughout your life each and every day. Have a good day. Thank you.